The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for joining in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the Sport of Kings. Sport of Kings, number one in my heart. Number two is kicking up. You're starting to see preseason of it right now. No, it wasn't baseball. Yeah, they're, it's over. It's football. That's right behind horse racing. Horse racing number one. And this is the Sport of Kings each and every week on Winning Ponies. Got a little news flash for you. Winning Ponies Exotics, over $7.6 million and continuing upward. Never too late to get on board, and Winning Ponies has been on fire. That is for the year. Those are the exotics. That could be you. It is not too late. Big weekend on tap as usual out of Del Mar. We have the Del Mar Oaks. Monmouth Park. I like Monmouth. You know, I, I had a little trouble. Once Saratoga kicked up, I, I kind of started getting away from Monmouth. I find some spot play value there. Monmouth, the Island Handicap. Saratoga, the Alabama. guess that's what got me thinking about football. Arlington, Taylor Special. Thistle Downs, the Miss Ohio, and much, 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 much more. That's the best part about racing. No more nine races, and off in the car you go. You get the best in simulcast action from around the globe on computer, at your track, your OTB. All the excitement. Such a grandpa's game. Agenda for this evening, recap of last week's action. I'd like to keep you up to speed, or in case you forgot, Biggins. We're going to talk about the winning biggins of winning ponies. Hopefully you were on board. No, you were tied on. News in racing. Some newsworthy stuff, some good stuff, some bad stuff, and some in between. Then we have this week's special guest is veteran trainer Eric Reed. Owns Mercury Equine Center, the old Spencer Farm Training Center. Eric, very solid trainer indeed. Then we have Pistol Pete with his plays of the week, the old mule man himself. He's going to be calling in segment number three. And final furlong, dedicated handicapping with yours truly. We're going to throw it down, see if we can dig it up and make it happen. As usual, I like to recap the sheets. They are easy to use. When I say recap the sheets, that means go to the website, take a look yourself. You have to take a look at the testimonials. You have to take a look at how to use it. You've got to take a look and see what's out there. They're easy to use. Track conditions and turf changes. You, you can move all that around. That's the best part. Expansive, complete PPs. Whatever you'd have in the program or the, the form or whatever, whatever you choose. Expansive, complete PPs. If it's equibase you follow, bingo, right there. Speed ratings from the last three. 
the current race, and even a turf rating, indeed. Some comparative notes here. The speed ratings are double hot. Then you got some notation symbols. The plus, the double plus, meaning it's horses on the rise. Horses definitely on the rise, and good things are coming the way with the double plus. And you got monster workouts. Kind of note you there. First time blinkers, has a little speed, gives a little focus. The has improved banner and the first time Lasix, the juice, it's always good to know. All selections are tiered, which means they break it down into who they like into tiers. Tier one is not all the chalk. Trust you me. They, they pick many, many, many 20, 30 to one shots right out of the gate on top. Sometimes you'll be really shocked. You see the two to five in there, third down on the first tier or sometimes on the second tier, but you've got to check it out yourself. You can reach in and pull out the info that fits your plans. Easy to use. Sold me. I like it. Recap from last week. We'll talk about it here because it happened, and you must have seen it. The Sword Dancer Invitational Grade 1, a mile and a half on the inner turf, $500,000 guaranteed. The winner is the seven-telling Javier Castellano in the irons, winning by two lengths. At 33-1, to one, drew, drew clear late, tucked in along the rail, raced in good position for about a mile, angled out on the far turn, split him up, going four wide at the quarter pole, opens up to win by two, pays 68 hoops for trainer Steve Hobby, Javier Castellano, one, one of the most underrated turf riders in the nation. I've got a little list, compiling a list and checking it twice. On to Mammoth. The Monmouth Oaks at grade three, a mile and a sixteenth on the dirt, $200,000 guaranteed. Just Jenda and Gabriel Saez wins by four and a quarter lengths as the overwhelming favorite, three wide and drawing off, stalking outside. Bid three wide, turning for home, responded, and Aston quickly drew off driving, paying $3.40 for Larry Jones, Cindy Jones, the trainer. We're going to miss him when he's gone, Mr. Jones. Going to miss him when he hangs up his boots. Then we're going to go to Del Mar, the La Jolla Handicap, grade two, a mile and 16th on the turf, $150,000 up for grabs. Meteor, Alex Solis in the irons, comes strolling down the lane, closing off a bit slow in the beginning, came four wide and just got nasty down the lane, six to one, paying $14 for Dick Mandela. Very nice indeed. Delmar loved to watch the turf racing out there. Then on August 16th, the John C. Maybe Stakes, a mile and an eighth on the turf, $350,000. Guaranteed. Magical fantasy lights up the board. Alex Solis again wins by a length. Liking that turf, are you, Alex? Paying six forty dollars for Patty Gallagher. Patty Gallagher. Nice turf trainer. A little recap of some of the big ones from last week. Talking about big ones, let's talk about them. Friday, August 14th, there was 162 total biggins leading the pack, two of them. Calder in race number 10, a Superfecta paying 10321 Right behind it was Ellis Park, race number 8, a Superfecta cold, 10185 Pretty good shooting there for a Friday afternoon. Then on Saturday, August 15th, 156 total biggins. Thistle Downs leads the charge, race number 11, a Superfecta key. $9,025.60. Right behind it was Evangeline Downs. 
Race number six is Superfecta, 8,439.60. You're starting to see a trend there that they're not pegged into just one circuit or track or one race. Sunday, August 16th, 137 total biggins. Leading the pack, hands down, was Ford Erie in race number five. A Superfecta key, 16,556.90. Very nice. Monday, August 17th, 47 total biggins. Ford Erie again, right back, race number seven, Superfecta, 4,664.70. Right behind it was Saratoga, race number seven, Superfecta, 4,516 even. Tuesday, August 18th, 40 total biggins. Wow. Finger Lakes, race five, a Superfecta, $19,877. Not bad shooting by the winning pony boys. Wednesday, August 19, 68 total biggest. Who's your park race number 12, a Superfecta Key, 10,124.20. Like who's your park? A little value there. A little value to be had. Thursday, August 20. It's today. Thursday, August 20th, 68 total biggins. Race number seven at Arlington, a Superfecta, $1,837. Mammoth races six through nine, a pick four, 1,526 even. And the night is young. Things are still happening. It could very easily be eclipsed. It could go down. What are you going to do then? What are you going to do then? I love it. Here's a couple testimonials from you. And then when I say from you, that's the people that are out there listening, the people that are out there wagering. Dan H. from Beaumont, Texas, on Saturday, August 8th, cashes in on an easy $531 exact at Saratoga. But a $2 exacta box on the top three picks, $531. Ken C. from Milford, Ohio, August 8th. Another customer nails the huge Saratoga exacta. Bam, 561 exacta right out of the box. Brian B. from Railroad, Pennsylvania, the choo-choo on the track. He won about 120 bucks from the night, a happy camper indeed. Nick S. from Fresh Meadows, New York, wants $920 on a Superfect at Delaware Park. These are just some of the testimonials. All you have to do is drop us a testimonial. Tell us how you've been doing. Tell us about it if you've made any big scores. And for your efforts, you're going to receive a very, very nice-looking cap indeed. It's worth it. Trust you me. I sport mine around. I can't say I look good. I mean, me, that personally is, but... The hat looks damn good. Some news around racing. Here we go. You've heard it right here. Norberto Arroyo Jr. has been charged in upstate New York with possessing and intending to sell cocaine after he's found with 12 grams during a traffic. Is 12 grams a lot? I, I don't know. Does it fit in a cup? I, I, police in Saratoga Springs say the 33-year-old from Winthorpe, Massachusetts, was pulled over Sunday morning a few blocks from Saratoga Racecourse, where he's been riding. He was not wearing a seatbelt and charged with driving with a suspended license. Bye-bye. He's out on $25,000 bail. Good news if you like jockeys. Previewing Season 2 of Jockeys, Season 2 of the docudrama. Focus on the lives of top riders. Premieres August 21st on Animal Planet. Now you can watch something other than sharks attacking whales. It's beautiful. It's jockeys. A whole lot of fun. Chantel Southern was one of our guests this past year. She loved it. 
Kudos goes out to a friend of mine, Dan Bork, new Gulfstream Racing Secretary. Dan's a cool guy. Young guy. Never seen rattled. He's cool as the other side of the pillow. Dan Bork, named Racing Secretary for the 2010 Gulfstream Meet, replacing Doug Bradar, who did a heck of a job. Bork is 39, son of Bob Bork, president of Sam Houston. Bill Bork, president of Penn National Gaming and Racing. The Bork family, they've got the racing angle cornered. Danny serves as a race secretary at Ellis Park, assistant race secretary at Keeneland, and a steward at Kentucky Downs, the undulating turf course. It's just like racing in Europe. Dan's proven to them through his work ethic and knowledge of the game, positive relationship. He's cultivated with the horsemen, an up-and-coming star in the business, and they're happy to have him aboard. Danny boy, congratulations. Glad to see it happen. Also, congratulations goes out to Deshaun Parker, the winningest African-American jockey in thoroughbred history reached a career milestone August 17th when he scored 3,000, 3,000 and counting. Parker won the first race at Mountaineer. Sean Parker gets it done, gets it flat out done. Looks like he can dunk the ball, too. He's tall. He's very athletic. Here's a note. Keeneland Williams to retire after 38 years. Nat Williams is Mr. Jim Williams, long-term Director of Communications, Jim, is going to retire 38 years with the company. Company man, that is a long time to actually be there. Succeeded J.B. Faulkner as Keeneland's Director of Publicity in 71 and assumed the title of Director of Communications. Worked under three presidents, Mr. Ted Bassett, who has the greatest right arm punch in the world, Bill Greeley, and current CEO Nick Nicholson. Jim, job well done. Surgery for mind that bird. I'm sure you heard about it. I'm sure you read about it. A brief procedure, correct a breathing problem. Doing very well. Smooth as silk, says trainer Chip Woolley. And there you got it. You've heard a little bit of news. You've heard a little bit of everything, the biggins. And now it is time to head into a break. And when we return, you are going to be hearing more about the great game of racing. And do we have a great guy on? We have Midwest trainer, all-around trainer. He has no boundaries. Good guy in racing, Mr. Eric Reed. And you're only going to get to hear him if you stay tuned to more Winning Ponies. Passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar double round the crown and everybody's getting down in this town. Ain't never gonna be the same. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Imagine a family that was almost fed by neighbors who almost volunteered to help them out. Almost volunteered to give them their first hot meal in weeks. Almost volunteered. But as anyone knows, when it comes to giving, almost doesn't count. Don't almost give. Give. Give of your time, your money, your kindness. To find out how, visit our website at don'talmostgive.org. This message brought to you by the Ad Council. Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. 
He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it, don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thank you for joining us. This is segment number two in each and every week we have on a special guest, and this week is no different. Winning Ponies is pleased and honored to have on solid trainer, one of racing's good guys, Mr. Eric Reed. Eric, are you there? I'm here, Ed. How you doing? Very well, sir. How are you doing this evening? Sitting on the porch, enjoying a nice night. <laughs> All right. It can't get any better than that. Thanks for taking time away from your busy schedule to, uh, to join us and hopefully in, enlighten some of our listeners about you. Eric, I, I usually start off with uh, with kind of getting to know people for our listeners, and can you uh, tell us how Eric Reed found himself in the great game of racing? Yeah, um, my dad trained horses for I guess almost thirty five years, and he uh, he was orphaned, and believe it or not, uh, ended up in the care of Mac Miller. So that's how he was acquainted with horses, and of course, I followed his footsteps and. Been doing it. I guess I've had my license since 1982. Well, he could have landed a, a million places worth uh, worse. Uh, Mac Miller, a uh, tremendous trainer and uh, quite a horseman, uh, and I'm sure it carried down to your father. And you know, uh, for, it's just trickled down, and it's, I'm just assuming that it's just gotten better with generation and generation. One day, I was looking at some beautiful photos from my friend John Engelhart, of which I I know you know pretty well. 
Good guy. He, he is a good guy. He, and he's, he's a very, good guy. Very well spoken. He's good for the game, and he's a, he's a damn good PR guy. He works hard. Yeah. yeah well, you know what? Let's, we got to cut it right there. <laughs> no, you're, I'm just kidding. He, he does. He works hard. He, he does. And you know what? He cares about the game. And uh, if we actually had a few more people like that in the game, it'd be a, a whole lot better uh, better atmosphere to be around. He, he actually cares about the people that are taking part. But I was actually looking at some photos. And in addition to PR man, extraordinaire, president of the TPA, he's also a great photographer. And I was looking at this wonderful training center in Lexington, Kentucky, and come out to find that this equine facility has quite a bit of history. It used to be the old Spendthrift Farm. That's correct. Yes, Spendthrift had it through the 60s and 70s until their demise. And it, it uh, was sold at uh, auction back then, and then uh, we ended up getting it about three years ago. And I've heard that it is quite the place. You know what? I have to digress here. You talk about Mercury Equine Center. Now, in the heading, when we're looking for that in the program, the form, or wherever it is, it's under MER, correct? Yeah, MER. And you know what? There's a horse running in the 10th of Saratoga. He's actually been training at Mercury. And I like this filly, 20 for your one, Ramon Dominguez in the grade one <laughs> Alabama. And, I mean, how did you get such a great rider, a great post that's winning at 24%? Well, we got lucky with the post, and uh, we also got lucky with the rider. He uh, his his commitment evidently uh, didn't did decide at the last minute not to go in, so he gave us a call. Uh, we were going to bring Junior Alvarado in. He just ran on rode her at Arlington, and uh, he's in a heated battle for leading rider at Arlington. So when we got a shot to get Ramon. I called and talked to his agent, and they were fine to get out of the call and fight their battle. And uh, we, I feel like we got a pretty good rider up there too. I think you're in pretty good hands there. Six for seven lifetime. Three-year-old filly by Unbridal Song, sweet and flawless. Twenty for your one on the rail. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like the poly dirt angle. Now, as a trainer, do you see any difference uh, uh, from, uh, from a handicapper's perspective? I'm seeing more and more people talking about it, making that transition from poly to dirt. I do. I see a lot of horses improve, actually, uh, going from poly to dirt. And uh, she's raced well on the dirt. She broke her maiden on it. She was second at Churchill in a paceless race where she had to lay a lot closer than she would like. And uh, she just ran a bang-up race at Arlington, which is kind of a little bit um, of a tiring synthetic, so to speak. And um, she looks like a stayer, so when we saw the mile and a quarter and going to the dirt, it looked like a pretty good angle to take a chance. I think you're in... Uh... You're in the right spot. You got the right boot and uh, the right 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 hand. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. And you know, uh, sorry about the digression there. We were talking about Mercury Equine Center. Now, John was telling me a bit about it. He says forty or more worker gallop, and he says you know that there it's a big plus from having your unique vantage point is to have your own. You're working at your own pace versus having to track it with hours, harrow hours, and etc. Tell us about, when you have your horses there, how the Mercury Equine Center operates. Okay, well, we get started over there uh, somewhere between 7 and 7.30. Um, and three days a week we train the wrong direction. Um, I, I think that's one of the biggest pluses I have. Horses always have to go left uh, on every track that they go to. And, and on our track we give them a chance to go right. I think it gives them a chance to use muscles that they don't get to use normally going around the turn using the opposite lead that way. Um, when it rains, we can shut the track down, wait till the rain's over, open it up. We hardly ever have a sloppy track to train on. 
um, because we have that luxury, you know, at the racetrack, they have to get the training in so they can do the racing. So if it's raining, so be it. And uh, But at our place, we don't have to. And we uh, we can close the track down, like for Sweet and Flawless the other day, her final work before we went to Saratoga. We, we worked the track, had it shut down. She was the only horse on it. She had a brand-new, fresh, renovated track to breeze over. Nobody was in her way. Nobody was there to distract her. We didn't have to worry about a loose horse getting in the way. Um, so there's a lot of pluses. We also have a bunch of turnout paddocks. So after the horses train, you know, we've got some nervous-type horses and some horses that have trained for a long time and they're just a little worn out. They get a couple hours out in the paddock after they train. Makes them feel young again. Well, Eric, as I was looking over here, you just shot a bullet here, you know, working on your own facility there, one or two and three-fifths. And uh, going all weather to dirt, I didn't know if you knew your stats, you're actually a 31% winner and 56% of the money. From a player standpoint, that's something to pay heed. I did not know that, so that makes me feel a little better about this race. <laughs> well, it's always the best things, and, you know, uh, by no means is it uh, too much weight on your back, but uh, I was just kind of glancing down at that. I said, you know, that's a very nice statistic indeed. It has to be nice to be able to match up your exercise riders for horses. I have to ask you, in the, in the form years ago, it used to show training races, and you'd mainly see it down at the fairgrounds. Do you actually conduct, say, a training race where two or three or maybe four or five would actually go? We do. We uh, actually only do three because of our track, but we take a lot of the training, uh, the, the two-year-olds that are in training, when they get to a certain point, we have our own starting gate, and uh, we'll take them down, load them up, we'll give them a good half, or, uh, you know, it's pretty much a half-mile workout from the gate, and um, actually we'll give them a couple of those where we uh, we move them inside and outside, give them a chance to leave the gate with horses on the inside of them, horses on the outside of them, and uh, give them a pretty good schooling race. And we got, I guess there's, right now we have two jockeys that come and work out in the mornings on a regular basis and one ex-jockey. Um, so we've got pretty good hands on them, and we get a lot of feedback, and I think it makes a big difference for your young horses. You know, that's what John was telling me. He said it's almost like uh, when you see a pro football uh, atmosphere where you see the head coach, he's actually standing on the side, and uh, there's a stand where you can actually oversee, and basically like a conductor, it all moves to your music right there, which is incredible as far as an operational hand. But I have to ask you how important it is for you to have the right people in the right places, especially, especially your wife, Kay. Well, she's probably more of a factor than I am. Um, she keeps everybody in line. She does the work of three men, and she's as passionate about this as anybody I've ever been around the business. Um, and um, she, she really has become a great horse person the last three or four years. I'm, I'm really amazed at, at how much she's really gained in knowledge, but I could not do it without her. There's no chance. She's actually the conductor. I'm just the one that stands up there and pretends like I'm doing it. <laughs> you know what? I think you're safe for another night, Eric. There you go. <laughs> if it ain't okay, then you know I am. <laughs> you, you know, I see you in Ohio, and, and I've always heard from my good friend, uh, Mr. Engelhardt, he said uh, the uh, man with the darkest hair, not a gray. Oh, yeah. Not, oh, yeah. He always goes with that, not a gray in his head, which it won. Yeah, you know, I have to say, that's quite a, quite a task in the, the world of racing. But, you know, while based, I assume, in Kentucky mainly, 
you seem to, to me to recognize the benefit of state-bred Ohio. Well, when I see you in Ohio, you, you see the benefits there. Or if you're in other state-bred programs, you see the benefit of having state-bred-run programs. Absolutely. It's, uh, for your clients, it's a, it's a great way to do business, and uh, I think it's going to even get better in Ohio now that they've picked up the slots. It's only we, we, we are very optimistic, and for, uh, for horsemen, uh, for, uh, for riders, for, for, for patrons, for players, that we can actually uh, make, it, uh, make Ohio uh, one of the, uh, the great spectacles in racing for the, for the United States and you know, possibly for North America even. Uh, you know, we're, we're excited about what the future holds. For the first time, Ohio is not that little, uh, little stepbrother. It could actually step up to the bigger leagues. You know, a lot of horsemen, they kind of duck this question, and sometimes they, they lay it out there, and you're very well-spoken, and I have to ask you about the legislation, the VLT legislation, a hot topic. What are your feelings on the states that have this benefit and the other states that do not? I'm not going to duck it. I think if you're in this business, we need it, and they can make all the reasons and excuses they want um, of why they don't have them and why they don't want them or whatever. But all you have to do is look at Pennsylvania, look at Mountaineer, what they've done with their purses, and anybody that lives in West Virginia and was racing at Mountaineer um, probably ate bologna and cheese most of the time for dinner, and now they can actually go have real meals and pay bills and drive better cars because they can make a living with the uh, with the horse racing, and I, I just think that we have, uh, we've got to have a way to increase the purse structure, which will bring in more owners. It will make the trainers uh, easier to raise your families. It'll make the people that work on the backside will get a little bit better help. They'll stay year-round now. Uh, I think it's going to be better for the horse. When it's all said and done, the horse will benefit the most. You know, uh, some, some everyday players, they'll ask me, and they'll stop me on my way, and they'll, they'll say, is this, the cure? is this the fix? Is this the cure-all? And I said, you know, I'm not going to say cure-all, but this is the benefit. This is the bonus. This is the uplift that we've needed for so long to bring us up, to play catch-up, and then beyond to actually to far exceed any expectations that were actually laid out there in the past that we can you, – you touched on families' lives, that they can actually raise their families here, stay on the circuit. They won't have to travel as much. Right. The, horse, the horses are going to be in, in this area and based out with uh, it, it just in the, in the model of Ohio with River Downs and Turfway Park, they're about 12 miles apart. But yet those 12 miles might as well be 12 million miles because one state will not have any part of it and the other state is actually progressively moving towards the future. Absolutely. And it hurts me to see, you know, people say, well, yeah, I guess you're happy for Ohio. Well, I'm, I'm sad for the industry. I'm sad for the industry that everyone's not jumping on this. Yep. Because for, for, for horsemen such as yourself, you work so hard. For the people that work for you, this allows them, as you said, to drive better cars. To, for their families, for their kids to go to college. And it's, it's a hard enough game as is to get a winner, but it makes it a little easier when the purses are of an equitable nature that you're not running for peanuts, that the people that work the hardest actually are rewarded and, and, and I'm, I'm a big backer in this, and I wish that – I actually wish all states would step up with some, sorm, some form of alternative gaming to, uh, to uh, augment their purse structure. Yeah, it's, I think it's a big plus, and I agree with you. It's not the cure-all. Uh, I, I think the industry has fallen way behind the times in, in the way it presents itself to the public. Um, you know, I still think um, you've got to compare us to the other major sports that are out there. 
very few of them compete from 1 to 5 in the afternoon when most of the people are working. We've got to find a way to do it in a, in a weekend-type atmosphere or in a twilight atmosphere where we can draw in crowds. People can come to dinner, go to the races. People can come out for events and go to the races. But it's hard when you have a 9-to-5 job to say, hey, I want to go River Downs today and watch the horses run. It just doesn't happen that way. And it's not just River Downs. It's a bunch of the racetracks um, that run. I mean, I, I think our timing is off. And I think if somebody would take a good look at that, and we could get to maybe five to nine posts. Um, I think we'd see a big increase there. So there's a lot of little things I think they can experiment with and um, that would make a big difference. But the slots are definitely a huge step to get, keep the industry alive while we try to correct whatever's happened over the last 30 years. Twilight racing, nighttime racing, nighttime racing at Churchill. Would you have ever thought you would have seen the day that there would have been nighttime racing at Churchill? No, but I'll tell you, I was there the first time they did it at a horse inn, and... Um, it, it was an amazing thing to see, and um, you know, Friday night it was a great. It was like a big block party, and um, they're, they're, the tracks are generating a lot of income. Whether it's uh, on gambling on the horses, buying the beer, the hot dogs, the admissions, it's going to work out. And we're drawing more people to the races. They see the horses, they want to bet. And uh, I, I, I was amazed at how successful it really was. But it just goes to show you that. Um, you know, I think we need to look at more things like that that are just non-traditional. Over 10 years ago, Keeneland gets their first announcer. Never thought it would happen. There you and, go. <laughs> and then the running night times at Churchill Downs. Never thought it would happen. And I'm hearing Keeneland talk rumors of trying nighttime racing. And they've even, even uh, thrown around the idea of trying to expand to maybe hold a Breeders' Cup in the future. Yes, I think they'd love to do that. I think it would be a be Lexington is such a beautiful, beautiful place, and it is the capital of the horse for the world. And uh, it would just it would just be phenomenal to see that happen. Eric, I, I thank you for being so candid and open there. I have to ask you one final question because I know Kay is uh, he, she's got some honeydews for you. Okay. For someone new to our sport and wants to follow your path in racing, what words of advice would you pass along to them? Be ready for a lot of hard work. Um, it's a great sport. You'll never be able to describe the feeling of watching your horse, whether you own it or train it, come down the stretch in a battle for the win and cross the wire in front. It's a feeling. Um, the only thing I could compare it to was my daughter's graduating high school or, uh, you know, the, the birth of your first child. There's just a feeling that you never forget, and you get it every time your horse runs. The anxiety leading up to it's great, but it's hard work. Um, it's very stressful. And if you don't have the passion really for the animal, you probably won't be successful. So I think, you know, if you're going to get in it, you need to have the passion for the horse. You need to be ready to work the seven days in Christmas and Thanksgiving when most people are home. You're going to have to go out and go to the races, um, you know, and a lot of travel. But maybe less travel if the slots start coming in. <laughs> I, like, I like that last little comma, but maybe less travel if the slots or alternative yep. gaming. Eric, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for taking time to join us this evening. We wish you and yours the best, and we hope to see you in the Winter Circle soon. Hopefully, it'll be about 547 up at Saratoga, if, in fact, you are going up for the Great One Alabama. I think I'll find a way up there. <laughs> best of luck, Mr. Reed. Thanks for taking time to join us this evening. Ed, I really appreciate you letting me be on the show. Thank you, sir. Have a great evening. You too. Thank that you.
That's been Eric Reed, trainer, one of the nice guys of racing, as I always say, because, in fact, it is nothing but the truth, and he has sweet and flawless 20-1 to 1 in the grade one Alabama. Time to head up to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking with Pistol Pete and maybe get a play for the week here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. There was this house that was almost saved from a fire that was almost put out by people who almost volunteered. As generous a nation as we are, sometimes instead of giving, we almost give. We almost come forward in times of need. Almost. But almost giving is the same as not giving at all. Don't almost give. Give. To find out how, check our website at don'talmostgive.org. A message from the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Thanks for taking time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 Eastern, Five Pacific, depending on what side of the coast you're on. Hope you tuned in for segment number two of us, Mr. Eric Reed. As I always say, one of the nice guys, because I've been very lucky. A lot of nice guys I've got to talk to, and ladies, and a lot of wonderful people in racing. Speaking about good people in racing, got one online here, Mr. Pete Aiello. Pete, are you there? Yes, sir. All right, Peter. What's happening, my boy? Well, what a mess. I'm standing out in the parking lot of a bowling alley, just bowling a few games with my friends tonight. So I love it. That's that's a good place to be. Pete, do you have any winner for the weekend for us? 
Uh, well, we'll give it a try. Fourth race at River Downs tomorrow. We're going to go for the angle I like to call the uh, fresh face and a stale bunch angle. we got an Ohio-bred non-two, uh, horses that we've seen time and time again at River Downs, either in maiden competition or competing in similar type races. And then a horse shows in up from western Kentucky. He's actually raced in Ohio before and done quite well, uh, talking about the four-horse time and tied again. He finished fourth, second start off the form cycle at Ellis Park last time. It was a very interesting race. He was third at the first call, dropped back to ninth, about 11 lengths behind, and then re-rallied to be fourth. Uh, he's kind of a one-run type horse. He kind of uh, doesn't really have a turn of foot. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. But uh, this race, there looks to be a lot of cheap speed signed on in here, and I think that Jorge Bracho can get time and tight again to a clear stalking position, maybe from the outside, stalked a couple inside horses. The one, two, and three all have some form of speed. Maybe time and tight again, lays an early fourth outside. Kicks on when it matters. Uh, George Bush takes over the training. We'll leave that at the uh, as that, that uh, you know, we don't want to say anything good or bad about George. He's got too big an ego as it is. So <laughs> you got uh, that right. But time and time again, it's five to two. Third start off the form cycle, uh, taking a drop in class, at least the way I figure it, going from a uh, wide open non two to Ohio bred non two. Uh, he's been competitive in Ohio before, and I think he's a uh, rock solid play if you get the morning line at five to two. You know, I was watching the races today, and I was listening to your call. Uh, a runner came to mind and uh, usually does a little hanging dance, but actually they switch riders up. I'm not going to say that that was the answer, the uh, the end-all to be-all, but uh, Dean the Dream Service was aboard in Spring Hall, actually went on and uh, made hay. Much uh, much to my wallet's chagrin there, I, uh, as you know, I'm very much a, and I guess you could say an anti-fan of Spring Hall for that reason. You know, he kind of gets to hanging around, but I think more to, more to the point in this race, like you say, Dean Sarvis is patient enough. He can make a run with the horse. He's not really a run-run sustained horse, so he made his move, kind of caught the other horses off guard. Either the closers have not yet launched their bids or the speed horses were all done. So it worked out perfectly for Spring Hall, but, uh, you know, no disrespect to Doug Dan or anybody associated with Spring all but the next time he runs i'll be betting against again <laughs> well you know only only time is told and and you usually look for a price anyway or you look for the greatest amount of value to be had it doesn't have to be a hundred to one but you you're a value seeker pete you know we we talk horses we talk mules in and out each and every week and you know what you and i have some of the best conversations that i truly enjoy and you know we just had eric reed on we were talking about slot machines and vlts you know as a graduate of arizona and as a man of racing, I mean, you're just not strictly a race caller. You're not a man that just uh, that works in the racing office. You're just not a man that just has, is just one-dimensional. You know the game inside and out. What are your feelings on VLT and where we're heading? Well, you know, we talked about it a few weeks back, and, uh, you know, don't want to rehash any uh, old points, but do want to make the statement, and it goes to a statement that I'll make regarding VLTs. You know, you said I'm not just a race caller and that, you know, I don't just work in the race office. To me, a pivotal part of the racing game is the infrastructure and the people that are working in that game. And especially with racing, given the, you know, given the schedules of the five-day racing weeks, the racing office in the morning, you know, the post times like Eric was talking about, um, you really have to be committed to the game. And this is going to sound bitter, this is going to sound frank, but to me, if you're not committed to the game, if you're there simply to have a paycheck, your work will reflect that you're there simply to have a paycheck, and at the end of the day, the track will suffer. 
maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. Depends on how intricate your role is at the racetrack. You know, mutual tellers are a great example. They're our frontline employees. When people go to the racetrack, hardly any of them see me, hardly any of them see you. They don't see Jack at SEM. They don't see John Englehart. But everybody that makes a wager sees a mutual teller. And if that mutual teller makes some snide remark or, you know, a patron were to greet them and say, hi, how are you today, and they don't answer them back with a smile. Small things like that, you know, they add up in the long run. And, I mean, that's the kind of things, you know, like Eric was talking about, about reversing so many mistakes that we've made in terms of VLT legislation. And that's really where my opinion on VLTs fall. I think that to switch revenue sources from uh, horse racing being the bulk of your revenue, switching to VLTs is quite easy, quite profitable. And from a business standpoint, I can understand why tracks do that. But at the end of the day, if you're committed to horse racing and in my opinion, all track operators should be, uh, then you really have to look at trying to balance out the revenue stream. Sure, slot machines are going to be a cash cow for you. They're going to generate a lot of money for you and your business. But at the end of the day, take the racing uh, that you have. If it's any viable product at all, and we can get debate about viable products versus non-viable products, but if it's a viable product, you can turn it around. And if you don't try to turn it around, then in my opinion, you've got slot machines for no other reason than to make money. And personally, I think that's you know that's not a good deal. I don't I don't I don't go for that type logic, you know. And that may be again biased, but because I'm committed to the game. For me, racing, I eat, breathe, sleep you know, talk, whatever you want to say, horse racing. I mean, it is very much a part of me. And, you know, we were talking on the commercials uh, over a commercial break about Eric brought up something that I really, really agreed with in terms of trying to market ourselves like other professional sports. And if you stop and think, you know, the layperson, the racing person, whoever, just stop and think a minute and ask yourself what similarities there are between horse racing and Major League Baseball, between horse racing and the National Basketball Association, between horse racing and the NHL, between horse racing and the NFL. Ask yourself what the similarities are. Write them down on a sheet of paper. Then on the other side of the paper, ask yourself what the differences are. And then ask yourself what things from the professional sports that people consider professional sports can be brought over to the racing column to, to even out the list. Because, frankly, the list is going to be a heck of a lot longer on the right side of the coin than on the left side of the, it, of it the is, paper. It so. is going to be lopsided as hell. You're, you're 100% right, and that's what I said in the very beginning. You're not just a race caller. You're not just a racing office employee. You're, you're a... You're, you're a you're not one-dimensional by any means, and, and we've had some of the best conversations and dovetailing right into Eric Reed, I believe the VLT legislation allows us to play catch-up. It allows us an opportunity to get caught up with purse structure and capital improvements in making our facility an entertainment destination. You know, you brought up a great point where you said about a mutual clerk would actually, uh, you know, give someone a bad experience. Someone actually said, hey, Ed, when are we going to advertise or market this way different? I said, honey... We're all in marketing. When you come up here, if they have a bad experience with You're you, absolutely it right. does not matter how many spots, commercials, or print ads you can run for the track. We are all emissaries. We, we all carry the ball. 
There is not one or two people in one office that carry that ball. We are all from the front line in, from the people that park your car to, to the people that actually sell you the program. If they have a positive experience on all facets of it, Pete, in my opinion, this game, this VLT legislation will allow our game to grow, and then it is up to us. It's not a magic wand. It will allow us to either make it or break it. We are getting a breather. We've had a standing eight count against the ropes. Now we get an opportunity to market and step up just like other professional sports. Well, and, you know, another comment that I'd like to make regarding what you said about, and I completely agree with you about the everybody at a racetrack being a marketer. Now, everybody in radio land, stop and think. The last time you had a positive experience at a racetrack. And then for those of you that do go to the casinos, stop and think. When was the last time you had, went to a casino and had a positive experience? And do you have positive experiences more regularly at the casino or more regularly at the racetrack? And then this is the pivotal question that people in racing have to ask themselves. Why? And what I'm getting to or getting at is, you know, you hear about tracks like Indiana Downs and, you know, Presque Isle Downs and all these new racinos. Oh, they're gorgeous. Oh, they treat you so great there. And, you know, Ed, we got local casinos around town. Oh, have you been down to Argosy? Boy, do they treat you good. You know, have you been to Penn National, to, to the uh, new Penn National Casino? Oh, yeah, boy, they treat you good. And stop and think. And there's no disrespect to the racetrack operators because, like you said, Ed, our hands are tied from a financial standpoint. But if we're going to improve customer experience, then we need to improve customer amenities. You know, to, 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 for folks to get out of their car and walk into River Downs and then folks to get out of their car and walk into, you know, the Argosy Casino, there's no comparison there. Now, that's not to say, and I certainly don't think that it's to say that River Downs can't put on as better show as the Argosy Casino can, because I absolutely think that they can, assuming that the machine is well-oiled and working to 100%. But at the end of the day, amenities are so important in terms of playing a role in marketing. You know, if, if, if the people perceive that, wow, look how nice this is, they really want me to have a good time. Even if they don't have a good time, they're far less likely to say to their friend, you know, I went to that casino last night, and boy, is that horrible. But if you go to a place, and River Downs, I actually think, does a pretty good job of staying away from this stereotype. Other tracks I've been to, I won't say that, and I'm not going to mention any names. But if you go to a place, and you get the feeling that they don't want you there any more than you want to be there, I, ask your, you know, I would ask the track operator, if that is the message that you're sending to your customers, what in the world are you in business for? Pete, it is a point well taken. And I have to say that I wish there were more young people. When I say young people, you're a young man starting in the game, and I think you have a bright future. We've talked about that. You're a whole lot of fun with handicapping, and, and I wish that there were more younger people with enthusiasm and focus such as yours. Pete, well, you know what? I, gotta, I, I have to answer that. I know I'm talking over here, but I have to no, answer that statement. And I don't want to get on a soapbox, and I'm going to try to keep it concise, but I think there would be a lot more young people in this business if so many young people didn't go to the racetrack, try to work in the racetrack, and either get stonewalled or, like I say to you from time to time, the atmosphere is like quicksand. 
Nobody wants to be there. There's always something wrong. Uh, you know, always a doomsday thinker. You know, the paranoid, oh, we're going out of business, or look at the handle, it's horrible today. It's a very depressing atmosphere. And there's so many other entertainment industries and industries in general where that's not the case. So for a racing to market themselves as an employer, they have to do a better job of making the atmosphere an inviting atmosphere both for the patron but and for the employee. And I think that starts with, you know, revamping the workforce and making the people that you work with as happy to be there as you are. Now, in my case, that's not really feasible because I understand not everyone's going to eat, breathe, and sleep it like I do. But there's definitely some steps that can be made on that front. Agree completely, and it all boils down to just treat people the way you want to be treated and give them, give them more than they ever expected. And I think you can't go wrong, even on the small circuit or a big circuit. Just give them more than they expect. Absolutely. Pete, thanks for your time. Thanks for the horse. And we'll see you again next week, and we'll talk to you. Well, we'll hear from you on the roof, and we'll talk to you again next week, my friend. Well, you take it easy, and everybody out in the radio land, forgive me if I offended all of you, but I'm just real passionate about the topic. So, You know what? It's your passion we love. Peter, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right. Take it easy. All right. I've been Pete Aiello, and winner for the weekend. And as you can see, a very passionate man about the sport we got a few minutes here. Let's talk. we got four minutes till we close it out. Let's do some speed handicapping. Let's start on Saturday afternoon. Let's start with the 7th at Del Mar. And I love the 8. And that is Sydney's candy JoJo Talamo. Just came up ahead short in the 7th race at Del Mar. I love Sydney's candy. Let's go on to race 8 at Del Mar. And we got the Del Mar Oaks. And I love the 9 in here. And that is Lexiano's Alex Solis and Patty Gallagher teaming up here. Turf to the all-weather surface. A grade 1 last time out to a grade 1 this time. If you take a look, this 3-year-old filly is 4 for 4 on the all-weather and a few of those were at Kempton Park in Great Britain in Langfield. So pay attention to that one very sharply. That is Lexianos in the 8th at Del Mar. Then we go on to the 4th at Saratoga on Saturday, and I love the 8 in here. That is bad action. Julian Layproofer, Gary Contessa, take a look in there. He's not riding for Ken and Sarah Ramsey. I like bad action, the 8 in the 4th at Saratoga. And then we go on, and we're going we're gonna to speed up here and go to race number 10, the grade one Alabama. You heard Eric Reed's got a horse here, 20 to 1, sweet and flawless. we got a lot of good pace in here and a lot of good action, a lot of nice three-year-old fillies, a grade one or $600,000 up for grabs. We wish Eric Reed nothing but the greatest of, uh, of a trip here and the best of luck, actually six or seven in the money lifetime. But overall, I like the five here, and I'm sure he's glad that I haven't picked this horse. And I'll stay off his back. I like the speedster, Careless Jewel. Robert Landry coming in from Canada. This three-year-old filly by Tappet is very, very speedy. Excelled on the all-weather surface. Went to Delaware in the Delaware Oaks. Grade two wins by seven and a quarter lengths. Wires him in this fair. It is Careless Jewel in the grade one Alabama. A mile and a quarter. mile and a quarter and six Hundred thousand bucks up for grabs, and don't forget to take whomever you like there and box it up with Eric Reed's horse. You'll see Eric uh, on the Midwest Circuit. You'll see him in Chicago, Churchill Downs, Prairie Meadows, Mountaineer, Ohio, Kentucky. You'll see him everywhere. But if you see him going up to Old Saratoga at the Spa, he's there for a reason. And as you heard, 
What a nice guy indeed. I'm going to finish out with one on Sunday. The 8th at Woodbine, a mile and 3 eighths. The Sky Classic, a grade 2 here. And they're going to go a mile and 3 eighths over the weeds here. I like Marchfield. Patrick Husband's aboard for Mark Cassie here. 2 for 3 at Woodbine and 3 for 5 in the money on the turf. Marchfield is knocking on the door last time over a soft course. If Mother Nature complies, I say Marchfield tears him down. Champ Alize is going to be bet off the board. But Marchfield may offer a bit of a price in the 8th at Woodbine, the Grade 2 Sky Classic. Well, time flies when you're talking about thoroughbred racing. Winning ponies would like to thank this week's special guest, Mr. Eric Reed, one of the nice guys in racing, Mr. Pistol Pete Aiello. Not only a handicapper, very opinionated, and knows the game inside and out. And thanks to Pete, really enjoyed that, and you for taking time to join in. As usual, we have a great weekend of racing and a beautiful summer to enjoy it with. So until next week, may your winners be many, your photos be few, and good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.